Chapter Thirty Eight of Dope. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. Dope by Sax Romer. Chapter Thirty Eight. The Song of Cincinnati. Mrs. Sin, aroused by her husband from the deep opium sleep, came out into the fume-laden vault. Her dyed hair was disarranged, and her dark eyes stared glassily before her. But even in this half-drugged state, she bore herself with the little carriage of a dancer, swinging her hips lazily and pointing the toes of her high-heeled slippers. Awake, my wife, crooned Cincinnati. Only a fool seeks the black smoke when the jackals sit in a ring. Mrs. Sin gave a glance of smiling contempt, a glance which, passing him, rested finally upon the prone body of Chief Inspector Carey lying stretched upon the floor before the stove. Her pupils contracted to mere pinpoints and then dilated blackly. She recoiled a step, fighting with a stupor, which her ill-timed indulgence had left behind. At this moment, Carey groaned loudly, tossed his arm out with a convulsive movement, and rolled over on his side, drawing up his knees. The eye of Cincinnati gleamed strangely, but he did not move. And Sam Tuck, who sat huddled in his chair, where his feet almost touched the fallen man, stirred never a muscle. But Mrs. Sin, who still moved in a semi-phantasmagoric world, swiftly raised the hem of her kimono, affording a glimpse of a shapely, silk-clad limb. From the sheath attached to her garter, she drew a thin stiletto. Curiously feline, she crouched as if about to spring. Cincinnati extended his hand, grasping his wife's wrist. No woman of indifferent intelligence he said in his queer, sibilant language. Since when has murder gone unpunished in these British dominions? Mrs. Sin snatched her wrist from his grasp, falling back wild-eyed. Yellow ape! Yellow ape! she said hoarsely. One more does not matter now. One more, crooned Cincinnati, glancing curiously at Carey. They are here! We are trapped! No, no, said Cincinnati. He is a brave man. He comes alone. He paused, and then suddenly resumed in pidgin English. You like he killy him, eh? Perhaps unconscious that she did so, Mrs. Sin replied also in English. No, I am mad. Let me think, old fool. She dropped the stiletto and raised her hand dazedly to her brow. You got she tired of knifey chop, eh? murmured Cincinnati. Mrs. Sin clenched her hands, holding them rigidly against her hips, and nostrils dilated. She stared at the smiling Chinaman. What do you mean? she demanded. Cincinnati performed his curious oriental shrug. You put a topside pigeon on Sir Lucy a la lighty, he murmured. Give him hell a la veli proper. The pupils of the woman's eyes contracted again, and remained so. She laughed hoarsely and tossed her head. Who told you that? 
she asked contemptuously it was the doll woman who killed him i have said so you telling me so hoy hoy but old sinsinwa catchy wonder lo he extended a yellow forefinger pointing at his wife mrs sin make him catchy die no bobbery no palaver sinsinwa got she sized up holy timey mrs sin snapped her fingers under his nose then stooped picked up the stiletto and swiftly restored it to its sheath her hands resting upon her hips she came forward until her dark evil face almost touched the yellow smiling face of sinsinwa listen old fool she said in a low husky voice i have done with you ape-man for good yes i killed lucy i killed him he belonged to me until that pink and white thing took him away i am glad i killed him if i cannot have him neither can she but i was mad all the time she glanced down at kerry and tie him up she directed and send him to sleep and understand sin we've shared out for the last time you go your way and i go mine no stinking yellow river for me new york is good enough until it's safe to go to buenos aires smartest leg in buenos aires croaked the raven from his wicker cage which was set upon the counter sinsinwa regarded him smilingly yes yes my little friend he crooned in chinese while tingling rattled ghostly castanets in honan they will say that you are a devil and i am a wizard that which is unknown is always thought to be magical my tingling mrs sin who was rapidly throwing off the effects of opium and recovering her normal self-confident personality glanced at her husband scornfully tell me she said what has happened how did he come here linga filly doggy murmured sinsinwa naki a fung on him head and come down here lo a fung ali lahi now topside chasey filly doggy ali veli proper no bobbery talk less and act more said mrs sin tie him up and if you must talk talk chinese tie him up she pointed to kerry sinsinwa tucked his hands into his sleeves and shuffled towards the masked door communicating with the inner room only by intelligent speech are we distinguished from the other animals he murmured in chinese entering the inner room he began to extricate a long piece of thin rope from amid a tangle of other materials with which it was complicated mrs sin stood looking down at the fallen man neither kerry nor sam tuck gave the slightest evidence of life and as sinsinwa disentangled yard upon yard of rope from the bundle on the floor by the bed where rita Irvin lay in her long troubled sleep he crooned a queer song it was in the honan dialect and intelligible to himself alone shoa the evil woman he chanted the woman of many strange loves shoa the ghoul lo the yellow river leaps forth from the nostrils of the mountain god shoa the betrayer of men blood is on her brow lo the betrayer is betrayed 
death sits at her elbow see the yellow river bears a corpse upon its tide dead men hear her secret shoah the ghoul shoah the evil woman death sits at her elbow black the vultures flock about her lo the yellow river leaps forth from the nostrils of the mountain god meanwhile Kerry, lying motionless at the feet of sam tuck was doing some hard and rapid thinking he had recovered consciousness a few moments before mrs sin had come into the vault from the inner room there were those seaton pasha among them who would have regarded the groan and the convulsive movements of Kerry's body with keen suspicion and because the chief inspector suffered from no illusions respecting the genius of cincinois the apparent failure of the one-eyed chinaman to recognize these preparations for attack nonplussed the chief inspector his outstanding vice as an investigator was the directness of his methods and of his mental outlook so that he frequently experienced great difficulty in penetrating to the motives of a torturous brain such as that of cincinois that cincinois thought him to be still unconscious he did not believe he was confident that his tactics had deceived the jewess but he entertained an almost superstitious respect for the cleverness of the chinaman the trick with the ball of leaf opium was painfully fresh in his memory Kerry, in common with many members of the criminal investigation department rarely carried firearms he was a man with a profound belief in his bare hands aided when necessary by his agile feet at the moment that cincinois had checked the woman's murderous and half insane outburst Kerry had been contemplating attack the sudden change of language on the part of the chinaman had arrested him in the act and realizing that he was listening to a confession which placed the hangman's rope about the neck of mrs sin he lay still and wondered why had cincinois forced his wife to betray herself to clear moreno to clear mrs Irvin, or to save his own skin it was a frightful puzzle for Carrie. then where was casma that mrs Irvin, probably in a drugged condition lay somewhere in that mysterious inner room Carrie felt fairly sure his maltreated skull was humming like a beehive and aching intensely but the man was tough as men are made and he could not only think clearly but was capable of swift and dangerous action he believed that he could tackle the chinaman with fair prospects of success and women however murderous he habitually disregarded as adversaries but the mummy-like deceptive sam tuck was not negligible and kesma remained an unknown quantity from under that protective arm cast across his face Kerry's fierce eyes peered out across the dirty floor then quickly he shut his eyes again cincinois crooning his strange song came in carrying a coil of rope and a mauser pistol fleecy manny gotchy catchy sleepy he murmured or maybe he catchy die he tossed the rope to his wife who stood silent tapping the floor with one slim restless foot number one topside tie up he crooned cincinois watchy with em gun Kerry lay like a dead man for in the chinaman's voice for menace and warning end of chapter thirty eight 
Recording by John Brandon.